I'm talking normally. I'm not a loud person, sir. Okay. Damn it. I know. Where do you get your not a loud person? I'm not a loud person. What does that even mean? <clears throat> How does that even... How does that even enter into a possibility of thought? I'm not a loud person. I don't have a loud personality. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't make that lie stick. Thank you. You did not stick the landing on that one. I did not. I did not at all. That was pretty funny. No, it wasn't. It was funny. All right, sir. That's better. You don't have a Frollo going. What did you do? I twisted the top and With front. With what? With hair. No, it looks wet. You didn't put water on it, did you? No. Well, that's good. Speak up. Talk to me. <clears throat> why am I talking to the people? Nothing's recording. I mean, why am I talking to the people? Huh? Yeah, nothing's recording. Oh, no. Cam 2 has been recording you the whole time. Also, <laughs> also you can't say that you're not a loud person. I'm not a loud person. You just got loud. Exactly. I'm not loud. The only time you're loud is when you're trying. The only time you're not loud is when you're trying to be loud and you're in a public place. Well, that's because I don't want folks all in my business. I think most folks don't care. I know. Why, well, I what, think you're wrong. What What in your brain made you think that people that don't speak your language care about you and your business? How do you know they don't speak the language? We we have that rule. Always assume they understand. Oh yeah, you can assume all you want, but the truth is, most of them don't give a damn. They just yeah, see like, you and want to take a picture. Like mm-hmm. when we're on a bus and you go, so there's this thing, and we're like, we can't hear you, we're listening to bus noise, and you go, so there's this thing. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, you didn't get any louder, and you're like, yes, I did. Like, you didn't, I did get louder. Well, I did get louder. No, you didn't. I you think. Really didn't. It's telling you it's overexposed, but it's supposed to be. Now, when it starts flashing across, yeah, when it starts flashing across your face, then you know we have to change something. Like we don't want to be overexposed. Yeah, it's it's a fold in the. (coughs) It is it is supposed to be brighter in that spot, so it's fine. It's all good. Happy Father's Day. Father's Day. Here we are, live at 10, 50, 50. 10.54. Hold on, by the time I start the thing, it'll be 10.55. Start. 
You know that the the, the clock had been running since last week? No. What? And your iPad wasn't dead? No, because I plug it in and I do other stuff with it, but I never opened up this app and it had been running the whole time. When I opened it up, it was still running. What was it at then? Like, a lot. <laughs> a big, hundred big, hours or big. something? More than that. More than that. That's four days. Less than four days. <clears throat> yeah. 24 hours in a day. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Here we are, live at 10.55 on Father's Day. There you go. See, now you feel better about your life and your choices. What? Life and your choices? What? what do my life choices have to do? All I know is you feel better about them. Okay, then. So, here we are. I have not had coffee yet. Really? You've been up since midnight? No, 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 no. I went back to bed at 5. Oh, he said at 7.27, he was sound asleep in his chair. Yeah, I'm taking a nap. He said, I'm taking a nap. And I went to bed at midnight, and he got up, and I was like, but wait, it's only midnight. And he said, I told you I was taking a nap. And down he came. Stomach was hurting. Not good. So, if I do that, and I know I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night, I try not to drink coffee. Right, but it's like an artificial keeping me up thing. And then I'm up till like six, seven o'clock and the sun comes up and then I'm like up and then somewhere around like noon, I'm super tired and then I'm gonna take the nap. Yeah, and you don't like naps. And I don't like naps. So. I didn't drink the coffee. But did you drink your tea? No. I haven't had any, I've had zero of the caffeines. You just had a lot of the water. Huh? You just had a lot of the water. I just had water. Which, I don't know what's going on. I think I had like 40 ounces of water. I've been drinking, (laughs) I've been drinking all my water at school, and then when I get home, I drink like four or four, four or five bottles of water before bed, and it still doesn't feel like enough. I don't know if it's because it's so dry or it's not hot here. I mean, it gets hot in my classroom, but, yeah, but it it's not hot. hot. Even though everybody keeps saying it's hot. It's I had funny. kids showing up in parkas this week. Oh God. I'm not even kidding. Tuesday it morning. It sure wasn't cold. It was like 60 degrees at eight o'clock in the morning and these kids are showing up in parkas. With the hoods up and hats on, and I'm like, it's 60 degrees, you wackos. It's gotta be wackos, though. Because they're wearing a parka and it's 60 degrees. Why they gotta be wackos, though? I don't know, it's just who they are. Where did all of our light go? Did something turn off and not tell me? I don't think so. I told you it seemed really dark. Now it's getting bright again. I think it's outside. Yeah, it's outside. The clouds are moving through or the plane went over. When we are tape, when we are when we are recording for the people, y'all need to cooperate. Consistency, either be cloudy or listen, not be cloudy. Listen, nature. I oh, know. What the hell? You think you can control her? Shit. Nobody can. Um. Okay. What else we got for? Uh, uh, my list is not super long this week. I have some things this week. Things. I, I think I have more game stuff, so y'all need yeah. to listen for the game stuff because there's a lot of I game stuff. I have 
a very long time. And I don't think I played any games. And maybe I only played one. <laughs> but we have all the E3 stuff. Don't break the table. What'd you get Giants for? break tables, just so you guys know. What'd you get for Father's Day? Okay, let's go, through the, the let's go through the loot. All right. loot. <laughs> the, this is not part of the loot. This is the little RGB remote control for the for the moon. It's, and it, it actually looks it like actually, the moon. Yeah, okay. If you look at it, and it, it has craters and all the it's really cool. So this is this is I just got this because I was ordering something else and I couldn't order <clears> just the one small, very cheap thing. And I figured, hey, I want an RGB light. Let's do it. You should have ordered four of those things because they are super adorable. Four. Yeah, one for each of us. I think I want to get a larger one. I want to get a larger globe that does the same thing. Yeah. So it casts more light because it really doesn't cast a ton of light. I mean, I was sitting Unless down you're here. sitting in a dark room. Well, I was sitting down here last night. I was testing it out. So I, I sat it next to my desk and it was on full blast. Yeah. And it still was barely as bright as my keyboard. You so want, it wasn't super bright. You want one like my my salt lamp. I just don't want to need the salt lamp. I don't need a salt lamp is good for you, man. It might be good for me, but that I, I want an RGB. Okay. So are there RGB salt lamps? Maybe, I don't know. I'll look it up for you. I know, this just sounds stupid, right? Yeah, it does. Um, Alright, so what else? Keegan gave me this this morning. She was laughing about it. It's a new lens. I know. It's my next... It's... My new lens that is only for coffee. No, there's no coffee going in that. Why not? Do you see how shallow that is? It's not any smaller than the cup I'm using now. I think that I think it is. No, I think it actually holds more. Look how big it is. Mm. I think it might be wider. I think it's it's, it's definitely uh same size. Yeah, should definitely hold coffee. I don't know what the hell are you talking about, man. Now, if you had a car, it'd be perfect for the car because it would fit in the cup holder without it. Yeah, it's meant to. It's meant to be small at the bottom and fit in the cup holder. Um, but uh, you know, she saw that it's yesterday. So, it's and so she was funny like, that Daddy all, has to have all photographers talk bad about these things. Really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they talk bad about them. They talk really bad about them. But you know, I guess it's better than that proverbial Father's Day tie. She thought, she was giggling when she saw that. She said, "Oh, Daddy needs this." But it's okay. And then Karen hooked me up with this. I think I already took. Can I post the pictures on? I don't think so. On the. I have not seen any pictures. It? Oh, I. I think I wore it one week. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna be able to yeah, see it well. It's a six-pointed star emblem on it. Pictures just kind of cool. I've already got pictures of it. Go ahead, Aaron, do your thing. I'm not doing that. I'm not <laughs> going to lure it into your trap. Because I'm going to do, I'm going to do that, and you're going to have like a poop emoji or something in my hand. Nice. <laughs> That's a great idea. Your bubbles are. Yeah, just touch it. Going crazy. Um. Yeah, that'd be an awesome idea. Just. I can put it on your forehead. No, don't. Put it on my forehead. <laughs> Yes, but see, I'm laughing now, so that when I put it on there, my laugh will fit with the poop that just went on your forehead. <laughs> the summer, this this what? Four weeks, three weeks. I don't even know when school starts, but 
I don't know when school starts either. There's, I guess we'll find out on Thursday. There's three weeks of, of break as when I'm planning on doing a lot of editing. All right, now the big one, the biggie. Contribution to my delinquency this summer. Yeah. Yeah. I like to see you happy. So, pro tip. <laughs> yes, life pro tip. <laughs> pro tip. The wish list that you have on Amazon, fill them up. Make sure things that you really want are at the top of the list. Yes. So when your wife goes on and is looking through your wish list, you should also give she your wife buys, access to your Amazon she account. She buys shit that she don't even understand what she bought. Oh. I just said, oh, this is a new thing on the wish list. He must really want this one. So, bye. <clears throat> yeah. Something happened. Oh, there you go. So, MXL 770. Apparently, it's a fairly good brand. I did a little bit of testing with it. A little bit. I, I wish I, I needed to get it on the... I'll put it in front of Aaron's face. Maybe they can see it now. Oh, good contrast. Yes. You're a good contrasty background. So is this. That's what yeah, but that's on the other side of the table. No. So, condenser microphone. Condenser microphone with the uh, very nice holder for putting it on the stand. So this is, uh, this is what you're going to hear me on if you go to my channel. So fun. Why are you laughing? Your channel with what two things on? I don't know what you're laughing about. You're on there. Yeah, I know. I'm the one. Exactly. No, the two. No. Right. Uh, what, what are you laughing about? You laughing because you know that it's embarrassing that you're on there. Not embarrassing. You should be. Do you know what you're doing on there? Watching Minecraft. Embarrassing. I don't think that's embarrassing. Also, wasn't that 2014? It was a long time ago. Yeah, it was funny. I've got, I've got, I've, I've got two whole, thingy. I've got two whole videos. I'll, I'll go into my rant about Minecraft in the game chat. Let's not rant about <clears> Minecraft. I have, I have a rant. Nobody cares about Minecraft That's anymore. That's so not That's true. Just not anymore. Not true. My kids are bringing Minecraft books to school. Is dead. It's not dead. It's now Minecraft it Dungeon. Oh, and the last thing. The last thing is the artwork. You can hook me up with the artwork. There you go. A little Scorpio work, a little Scorpio artwork. So there you go, there's the loot. You see you got an AMF on there. Give me the loot, I saw it. Give me the loot, give me the loot. Why don't you just leave it where it was? Now I wanna move this. Oh. There we go. Um, so that's the loot for the for the right. for the week. Put your pink in it back. All right, which is awesome. Ah. See? It's the edges. Touch up the edge. Y'all got sweaty palms, man. They're working on sweaty palms. All right, now let's let's do what it must be done first. 
the ceremonial. Ceremony? No, there is no ceremony. This is gulping. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Now life can begin. Now that coffee has been imbibed. All right, what's on your list? Okay, um, list. Let's see. E3, E3, E3. Video game. Um, I had a very funny one after my last week. This was the week leading up to Father's Day today. And, uh, <laughs> apparently, I watched Apollo 13 four times, beginning to end. And I watched Armageddon four times, beginning to end. I could not do that. And I realized that Armageddon is essentially a Father's Day movie. Yeah. I had not thought about that in those terms before, but it's essentially a Father's Day movie. I mean, it's one father. There's essentially what? All the guys that helped raise this little girl, Michael Clark Duncan says, they all feel like a bunch of daddies. So they all are fathers. And then you have the one guy who has the young boy father and then you have Bruce Willis and he's got his daughter and father and it uh, it's a Father's Day movie if you saw it in the 90s watch it again good luck with that that's all I got to say to you good luck with that you think you know it you don't know <laughs> I, I, I truly don't because that's in that movie once oh that oh, yeah. I've it's, seen the it's, movie maybe ten like times, but five. It's it's pretty uh Yeah, not really. Did you get meet the parents? I'm 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 doing the thing now. And meet the fuckers. And little fuckers. Dude. So you'll be able to enjoy that. That's another Father's Day movie. With parents. Yes. Is it? It's oh yeah. Hysterical. Robert De Niro is the dad. And he's a little bit a little bit. All right. He's a kind of extra. Let's, let's, let's just let's just call him extra. He's awesome. He's kind of extra. So um, that was that was one of my things. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I called it cruel and unusual punishment to have to watch those. movies. I could not have watched it four, four times. times in a week. There's no way. Each one four times. No, I would be blubbering every single time. It was not cool. I'm just letting you know, people. Um. Films, oh, films in ESL and English classes are not a waste of time. No. I don't know why it always, this always happens in ESL classrooms in foreign countries. They don't realize, like even when I talk to parents and I say to them, Make your child watch movies in English. Make your child listen to music in English. Make your child read comic books or read novels or read anything, magazines about cars in English. Because the more you do it, the better you're gonna get at it. The more vocabulary you're gonna learn, all that stuff. But you're also gonna be doing some ear training there. Yep. It's like musicians sit around listening to music the reason that they sit around listening is not them wasting time. They're listening to music because they're training their ear to hear past the surface, past the, the top level of what's going on in the music and hearing 
the middles and yeah. the subtleties and the harmonies that are there in music. Well, you have to do the same thing with the human voice. We all speak differently. So if you, I mean, just, you know, 10 people from the same town are going to sound different. You know, somebody's going to talk fast, somebody's going to talk slow, you're going to be high pitch, low pitch, whatever. But as a second language learner, you need to be able to understand all of it, like a native speaker. And everybody, everywhere we go, they always <laughs> say, if you're watching movies, you're wasting time in class. And it's like, no, you're not. And we actually had a student out of my class that didn't come to school because we were watching films. And it was like... We're watching films relevant to the lessons that were already taught. Yeah. Like we have a whole thing on NASA. So I showed two films about freaking NASA. Duh. Yeah. You know, one true, Apollo 13, the other one fictional, but using the same stuff that they just saw in Apollo 13. Even from the control rooms and all the all the stuff, they had a now a basic understanding and language of what NASA was doing. So now they can watch the fictional film and maybe appreciate a little bit more about it. Only maybe one or two kids per class had even seen Armageddon. Mm. Okay, so and none of them could say Armageddon. Oh. Okay, because Armageddon in Spanish is not Armageddon. So, you know, it's like, but this idea that, that parents and uh, teachers managers yep. in schools they have don't show films it's like and don't play music I, i'm sorry but that's really opposite because if they're only hearing me all day long mm -hmm. they're not getting a good smattering of the different people that speak english around the world they're only getting me right you know and uh, so that, that was my other one I don't really have anything else about that. Do you have anything? Well, I play music in my classroom all the time. And this week I had a child come up to me and ask, Mrs. Barr, why do you play music in the classroom and none of the other teachers do? And so I said, come and look at the class. And he's he comes to the front of the room and he's looking at the students. And I said, what are they doing? And he said, well, everyone's working. And I said, okay, but what else are they doing? And he stands there for a minute and he's like, they're all singing the songs. I said, what language are, are they singing in? And he said, English. And I said, do they know all the words? And he said, yes. And it's like a light bulb went on for him. He's like, wait a minute. You're tricking us into speaking more English. And I said, ha, 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 suckers. And he was so excited that now he, he kind of understood it. But he also saw that every single child in that classroom was singing in English and they knew all of the words and he was part of that group. And we had our our PBL presentation this week and every single parent said something to me about their child's English level and how amazing it was and how they are helping their older siblings now with their English or they can talk to adults in English and they are so pleased but it's because of that kind of stuff. I only show movies in English. I always play music. I play music at least two times a week in the classroom to help them with their English. But if you aren't an ESL-focused educator, you don't understand how important that is. But see, I, I think it's important even for the non-ESL because if I'm, if I'm teaching something, like, for example, if I'm teaching about NASA, 
yeah, we can go to the internet and find out about NASA. Yes, we can learn about missions. Yes, we, we can do all that kind of stuff um, in, in terms of research. But in terms of seeing it, um, maybe there isn't a good, like, depiction of the rockets taking off from close up. Right. Those, those, you know, they have cameras, but they always get messed. Like they, something always gets in front of it, whether it be smoke, steam, or whatever. It always gets in front of it and wipes that camera out, so mm-hmm. you don't really see the entire process from beginning to end. Yep. Whereas in a movie like Apollo 13, they're able to get shots because of CG that you would never get, and so you're you're watching things happen, and you can now explain them or talk about them and use them in your classroom. But you're only going to get that in some in a film. You know, yeah. documentaries sometimes do it if they if they have the budget for it. Right. But you know, it's it's like uh, this idea that oh, it's just a waste of time. It's like no, you're 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 getting way more information and that audio visual representation. You're getting people's emotions. Mm-hmm. You're getting how they express themselves at that particular time. You're getting all this stuff, all yep. this information that. Reading the book or reading the webpage or having somebody just tell it to you, yeah, you're not gonna get all that stuff. So, it's to me, I always learn better when they even as bad as those <coughs> those projector films, those projector films were back uh, from the 50s and the 60s, as bad as they were in the 80s and 90s, that you know, that they still gave you way more information yeah. just by being the type of medium that they were. Yeah. It as badly shot, as as messed up as the the the, the grain in the film mm-hmm. running across the film all the time is but you know, so what? It still gave me way more. And I'm that's why I'm an audiovisual type learner now because that's what I latch on to. You show it to me in a movie or you show it to me on a documentary, I'm gonna hold on to it way longer. Yeah, that you can't expect kids to read something on a screen or read something on a page and hear someone talk about it and then remember it. You have to engage more than just that type of learning because I'm the kind of person who needs that conversation. I need to be able to interact about it because if I don't, it's not going to stay. I can read it five or ten times then I'm still not going to get as much out of it if from a 20-minute 20 con- 20 conversation. Hmm. Are you ready for the next one? I'm ready. Hit me. Why try and control things when those things are finished? Do I have to say anything else about that, really? Because I'm not going to use any examples from... No, just next. But keep in mind, managers out there, if everybody's done doing the job... There's nothing to control anymore. Next! <clears throat> Why try and hide bad student performance from their parents? No kidding. I don't, I, this one is like, it's, I don't get it. I, I've seen this here probably more than any other place we've been because every other place. The parents are aware and they just No, don't. no, in China the parents weren't aware. Oh, come on. No, China. in China they changed the grades. Parents were absolutely 100%. I know, but they, they, they're, they're, they're changing the, in China, they change the grades, but they never meet with the parents. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they're not hiding from the parents. They're just, this is the grade. The parents don't matter. Right. They have no, no consequence in China. 
but in yeah here you know you're, they're having meeting after meeting after meeting why are you trying to hide what the child has or has not been doing yeah i don't i don't get that it's like one you kind of want the parent to kind of know so that they can do something about it but you also need to oh god really turn that yeah there you go turn your back to the world so sorry i'm so sorry Why you gotta touch his gray shirt? You got your own gray shirt. I wasn't touching his shirt. I was touching his hair. Don't do that either. Why not? Why you gotta be touching, man? Don't touch the butt. You know you shouldn't touch the butt. See? Um. But a lot of these parents, they act like they want to know, but they don't want to know. And then then we get the information. They then turn around and want to make excuses for their child's bad behavior, academic behavior, you know, their, their scores and their stuff. But, you know, it's like, maybe if you all were honest at the very beginning, right? you wouldn't be having this problem with this parent because you would not have let the child into the school. Or... No, I mean, flat out. I mean, literally, I would say 30% of the kids that we have in my grade... Should, oh, not been, absolutely. should not have ever been allowed to be in the school. And some of these kids have been in the school since the like since preschool. Preschool. So yeah. if you're telling me that they went that this is where they are now here in sixth grade, then maybe something else needs to happen because right. you you didn't do it. You didn't whatever it is that you were trying to do, you were not successful as a teaching staff. And now you're trying to hide five years or six years of education for these kids when you're finding out they're not at the level they should be. Yeah. And they didn't start out there. So you didn't, you know, and well, they're always hiding it. They're hiding, they're hiding everything or the teachers know it and they're passing them through and then saying, it's not our problem. Right. We've gotten rid of them. It's not our problem. We don't have to worry yeah. about it now. It's not our problem. And it's like, no, that's kind of not what teachers do. I had a couple parents this week. Um, I have their kids, but you have their kids as well. And they came to me. Not the same child. Not the same child. But They came to me and said, um, I cannot believe how much more English my younger child has than my older child. I can believe it. I'm so angry, I'm going to have a meeting. And I'm like, but what is the meeting going to do now? Just get a tutor. Right. Because one one dad said his child, when she started in my class in the fall, she could not string together a complete sentence in English. She, she just couldn't. But now she's helping her older brother do his homework and he, she's correcting his English and she's speaking so much more English than she's ever done before. And I said to him, that is the benefit of having a native speaker. She had to learn, especially one who can't speak the language because we aren't allowed to and we're not able to. Whereas like the, the for here, the Mexican teachers who teach English they have that luxury, and they all use it. If the kids don't understand the instructions in English, then they just switch to Spanish and right. help the kids understand. Right. Well, my kids don't have that. If we can't figure it out 
by me changing the words and giving a demonstration, we have to go to Google and get a translation. And that's really the only way they've learned. So he was asking what could he do for his older son who's getting ready to go into the sixth grade this year. What can he do so that his son can catch up with his daughter? And I kind of wanted to laugh, like, he's not going to catch up with her. He's older than her, but he's never going to catch up. I said, you need to get a tutor, a native English-speaking tutor, and he needs to see him several times a week. And not just play around, but actually do the work. And he's like, okay. Because they haven't had that before. They've never, this, yeah, this culture, groups this culture assumes that English comes a little bit easier because of proximity. Whereas in China, they don't. So they go all out with, oh, can we do five days a week when, when the kids are not in school? Can we do five days a week for two hours or whatever? And, and they like pound them hard yeah, they do. with, you know, learn, learn, <laughs> learn, 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 learn. And yeah, you can learn some over over a couple months if you did that. Yes, you learn quite a bit. You're you. If nothing else, your spoken English would get should get a whole lot better. So should your listening and, and maybe vocabulary if you're vigilant enough to like do stuff in in with the tutor and then turn around and go home and then be looking up stuff and actively thinking about it all the time. And like, yeah, you're you're gonna get a lot out of it, but. I don't understand the idea here of having so many possibilities for days off, taking those days off, but then being surprised that the grades are low. Yeah. It's like, but you took off two weeks at the end of the school year and never made up any of the work. Or so you took an extra month between Christmas and, and the return. I had a kid who came back a month after and he's been behind ever since. Oh, yeah, but how do you catch up? You can't. You can't I mean, catch you up. Can, but you'd have to. You'd have to be totally dedicated when you came back to catching up. Yeah, they aren't. And you'd have to be doing extra, extra, extra until you exhausted everything you missed. I love that you had a student that that was gone from spring break until after the grades were submitted till June. So from April to June, he, this child was gone, and he comes back saying, "What do I need to do?" Yeah, and and this is, you know, also a child that didn't do work when he was there. So it's like I'm looking at him going, "But I already submitted the grades. Like, why are you even asking now? What's the point of this? Like, are you just want to know so that you can just go do it on your own, or are you? Because it's not like." It was going to get factored in because the grades were were put into the system two days before you got back. So what do you think is going to happen? Okay, you want a list? And he broke out like a a, a little piece of paper. It's like, dude, you need your whole notebook because over this time we've done many, 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 many things. But it doesn't matter because he graduated. So, what does it matter? You know, it's, education is this is not the reason why they're coming here. No. And one of the reasons why we're not staying. All right. That's all I got on my list. Everything else is E3, E3, E3. I have like E3, E3, E3. That's good. You have something to talk about, finally. 
instead of sitting here looking like potato pet. And the one game was an E3 thing. So. We don't want. I don't even want to think about it. I, I'm, 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 I'm getting angry already. Why? What you got on your thing over there? So, I listened to a podcast called Abroad in Education, and I've been interviewed on this podcast before, and so I really follow closely because it's about uh, what's being now called EdPats. What the fuck? Why can't we just be expats? Because we're not. Our job is... Because we're not. Because our job is in education, and we travel from country to country teaching. So we're edpats. Oh, okay, God. can we? Okay, hold on. Why can't I, we just be expat teachers? Yeah. Why can't it be one thing instead of saying, "Oh, now it's this"? Because this think, is this is what this is what we do. This is what, this no. is what we do. Yes, it is. This yes, is what is. we do. This is this what all. Is this is. I, I mean, they have expats in I mean, Thailand. Oh God, it's the old guys who go to Thailand to retire to. Why can't they just be retirees? Right. Because their whole purpose of going there is to get their purpose. young I Thai know. chicks. I know. Why, why. Everybody's purpose who's single that goes to Thailand is to get. Well, let's see. Buck nutty. Let's let's say young chicks because you know you got lady boys on one side and girls on the other, so get chicks. Anyway, this young the this particular um, interview was a young woman who was first generation in the U.S. and lived there until she was ten, and then her parents repatriated back to the Congo. And she, when she was seventeen, moved back to the states to go to university. So her her TCK life, basically her third culture kid life really shaped what she decided to do. And as she was talking, there were a whole bunch of questions that just kept popping in my head. And I was like, okay, I gotta start writing these down. Because some of the things that she was talking about was being a black expat and how black folks don't see themselves as expats usually. And if you tell a person, a black person, that you're an expat, they most likely don't know what it means. Or wait, you're saying the people that the expat is talking to don't understand yes. what an expat is. Yep. Not that the expat doesn't understand no, what no, an no. expat is. Like if you're talking to your family and you tell your family I'm an expat. Yes, most of them did not know what that was when we went back. But she was also saying Why that would they? a lot of a lot of black expats don't consider themselves that. I don't know, but what do they consider themselves? I don't know. She didn't I know. Mean, they're they're not from the place where they're living. Right. They are from somewhere else. They're not they immigrating. Only, right. And they're not immigrating. They're not moving there. So they are essentially expats without knowing that they're expats. Right. I think she was making the point that for for decades, the term expat only applied to white people. Okay. But now with... I would say white people probably made the word. Probably. Because expat means expatriate. So she was talking about her passport because she holds two different passports and how she chooses which one she's using, even though she is an American citizen. She was born in the U.S. So she was talking about blue passport privilege and how it doesn't really affect black folks 
until you open your mouth. All right. So explain uh, what the hell is blue passport privilege? American passports are blue. The the, the full, outside the of the thing is blue, yeah. and most of the time, I've I've experienced this quite a few times actually, especially in Asia. They see your passport, just the cover of it, and they wave you through. But if you're trip, yeah. most of the time. Well, not custom, not not when we move from country to country, they don't wave you through. No, but like in the <laughs> airport, I've had it several times where they have that second checkpoint, and they see my passport and they just wave us through. We watched it in Guangzhou with Aaron Keegan. There are a bunch of Africans who were getting ready to leave the country. They had very little stuff, and the security was just horrible to them. Throwing their shit on the floor, telling them that if they couldn't get everything into one bag, which they didn't need to do, they couldn't leave the country, and that they needed to go back to where they came from. It was just awful. Yeah, but here, you need to go back to where you came from, but you can't leave. Right. Um, but Aaron and Keegan had a gigantic backpack filled and they had a carry-on bag, and as soon as they showed that blue passport, bam, they went right through. So we've experienced that. But she said she was in France, and she had um, a replacement passport because hers had expired before she could travel. And the person at immigration wasn't letting her through. He thought it was a fake passport because she was speaking in French. And it wasn't until she opened her mouth that he believed she was an American. Like right. until she started speaking. Point. So she was she was talking about the blue passport privilege and how it doesn't always trans- that was not privilege based on the passport. That was privilege based on her voice. So where's the privilege? It doesn't always translate to black Americans until they speak. Because until she started speaking English, he refused to believe that she was an American. Okay, I know. I'm still not getting your person. point. Yeah, I'm not getting your Actually, point. I've seen that before where... I know, but... Like, Jahara's had issues with that before. Then that has nothing okay. to do with your passport. Right, that, that's them believing that you are what you say you are. That's you say you're, you're American, and they don't believe you're American, mostly probably because of skin color. Yep. And then when you start speaking, then they have, that's their confirmation that you are American and that you're not from another place in the world. Okay. Um, she also was talking about code switching among different black folks. And this is not something okay. that I've ever seen. Okay. Where have, Do you ever feel the need to speak differently when you're outside of the country, when you're speaking to black folks from that are not American? Yeah, because... Black folks that are not American don't talk like black Americans. They don't talk. We don't. It's not like we talk the same. But do you change how you speak normally? Or do you just speak to them? Okay, let me give you an example. So, if, if I met a, a black person from anywhere in the world, I'm going to pretty much sound the way I sound now because you want to be understood. Right, very flat. No colloquial speak. No, no, nothing that's American. Negro-ness. 
little sprinkle. Now, the, but like when we went to Hong Kong, we took the class to Hong Kong. Was it Hong Kong? Yeah, Shenzhen and Hong Kong. We were in Shenzhen. We weren't in Hong Kong yet. So we, went, we were in Shenzhen and two of the teachers at that university were black Americans. One from Detroit, the other one from Texas, I think. Well, yeah, then you code switch. Just like you would in America. You're the difference between like being at work and going to the party and hanging out with your homies or just your friends or the people. That, that, the, the same code switching that we would do, that's what we all did. When we were standing in class, it was teacher. When we were speaking to each other, it's a whole nother language. It's a whole nother way of relating to each other. And most of the, the Chinese people sitting there were just looking at us like we were an attraction, which is why we don't ever do it. Right. And, but yeah, they were just like, they, they didn't understand what, anything we were saying. It was like we started speaking another language to them. Well, you which, were. Well, you're kind of not. It's still English. It's still English. It's just, it's, you are Different switching, you're, you're switching up how you say, what you say, what you don't need to say. True. Okay, so, you know, that, that, but that's a, I think that's a black American thing. But I, but I also would say that if you were from, say, Cameroon, and you had your local, um, what's the word? Not dialect, but slang. You have your local slang and you see somebody from where you're from. Right. You're going to go into that slang that's from where you came from. Mm -hmm. But that has nothing to do with being black. That just has to do with being, you have a certain familiarity with those people because you're from the same damn place. Right. Black folks in America have always co-switched. I mean, that's just, you have to. You had to, to, to survive. I mean, I had to learn what that was in high school. Like, I had to actually pay attention to it and learn it because I grew up not having a need to code switch because the language that was being spoken at home was exactly the same language that was happening at school, that was happening in all the places that we went. It was never changing. Right. So, I didn't hear it until I got in high school. Really? Yeah, and Aaron and Keegan had it really early because the language they spoke at school, on the playground, in the classroom, was not necessarily that's, what that's they were the, hearing That's usually the norm. Yeah. That's usually the norm. So, I don't... I, I guess the idea of... I don't understand your question because code switching is just a... I mean, it's 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 what we do. It's what we've always done. You had to... You had to go speak one way to Massa and you speak a whole other way when you're at home or when you're with people and those other people are not there. It's like the difference between going to work and going to the barbershop. You had to. You had to do it to survive because in both places, a type of language is acceptable. Yes. And allows you to fit in in some ways. Mm. So I don't... I guess I don't I would say that... I would say that a lot of, a, a good portion of white folks do not, are not even aware of the term code switching or that it's done so... Poor white folks are. Well, yeah. Because we have to do it. Because poor white folks do it. Especially, but 
okay. Poor white folks do it if they keep going back home. If they keep going back to where they came from. Mm -hmm. But see, that's the therein lies the problem because that's if you really don't go Asian. back, then you can just keep you can keep what people call move forward. And you keep moving forward and you never go back and then all of a sudden you can't talk to the people back home. Right. You know, it's like uh, if you had a strong, strong West Virginia kind of accent, like it was really strong and you were from there and your family had been there for years and blah, blah, blah. And then you, um, what's her name's father? Um, Miley Cyrus's father. Um, that... That idea, because he did a whole thing on the, what were they called? Hillbillies. Yeah. He did a whole th uh, thing back in the day on them. Um, but yeah, if you if you went off to school and then you went to <coughs> university in another place and you began speaking like those people, you may not ever want, like you never feel comfortable going back because they're all gonna look at you and be like, why are you talking like that? Why are you acting like that? Why are you doing, your whole culture ends up changing. Yeah. Um, I because you got that. outside of yeah. your of that place. So then code switching becomes a thing because yeah, you could potentially switch back, but see white folks have no reason to switch. Hmm. White folks can be white folks and they can, they can be successfully, successful white folks in all the places and it's at the same time, right? Whereas black folks can't do that. You can't go. I mean, even today, I would say even today, the idea of the southern accent is still seen as uneducated, mm -hmm. slow, yep. and you know, lesser than yep. if you're in the north. So even that, in, and you could be speaking, saying all the words, and and speaking very clearly and everything else, but just the fact of the draw, mm -hmm. that's enough. Yep. You know, in some places to, to exclude you, you know. Yeah. So, I, I would say that code switching has, it, it's it's a necessity for survival. And it's not a necessity for expats. Expats, I would say expats from the United States need to sound like Tom Brokaw. Right. You know what I mean? That 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 pseudo. We have no accent. 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 <laughs> right. You know that that's what people have to do, and they have to speak the language. And that's what she was talking clear, about. Was but she, that's not code switching. No, but she was also saying that her accent affords her privilege outside of the country because she has that Tom Brokaw sound. She has the. The no. Where does it make it good for her? Because I've ne I've never experienced that. Well, you actually have, because you just yeah. you just don't know it. Because I do all of the correspondence for employers, and sometimes they will specifically say no southern accents. Oh well, that's different. But that's but and most I would say most teachers are taught especially in English and especially in ESL, you're kind of forced to speak a certain way just in your classroom, like so that everybody, like the, the slowness that I'm speaking now, the, that, you know, this is not even how I talk once the camera goes off. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, this is the, the teacher talk that I do. Right. When I'm just talking and we're talking, you know, 
talking about music or talking about stuff. I mean, it's a totally different sound. It's a totally different thing. So this is your presentation. Voice. Yeah, it's my teacher voice. It's what I do all day long at school. It's the way I speak outside of a couple words here and there where you choose not to use this word over that word. But the sound of my voice, I mean, this isn't even how I sounded growing up. No. This is how I I mean, this is how I sounded after I got to China. No. Well, you. No, no. I'm not talking about the speed. I'm oh. talking about my voice. My voice has been like this since Missouri. I'm sorry, since misery. <laughs> you know that that and and Grand Raggedy. That's the that's the the reason because in the Northeast. Yeah, I don't totally sound like this, and I don't sound like this if I stay there for any length of time. And you don't sound time. like that when you're and in if Alabama I go, right, if or I go down south, I'm gonna, or... my, if everything, And that's not even code switching. That's just hearing the language that's being spoken, and then I start saying it again because that's how I spoke for years. Yeah. So, yeah. totally different idea. But, yeah, okay. I don't, whatever. So, does my white privilege spill over to you and the children? When Only we're if they don't know we're around. The kids are kind of beigey, so they, they get away with stuff. But Aaron's hair gives them away, I think. But yeah, the if if they don't know, yes. If they don't know what? If they don't know that I exist, <laughs> we experienced that yep. with the school. Yep. What if we're together? No, then it does not. No. But they see you as separate. Just at the Discovery Center. See? Nobody believed he was a... He was my father. Like I said. Well, no. This, your friends didn't believe that your oh, father wait, wait, was What other... Who else was he dealing yeah, with? No, I don't you said teachers. nobody. <laughs> I know, but who else would he be dealing with? He'd only be dealing with his classmates. I don't understand. I kind of don't understand these questions. All right. Do you ever feel like you can't or shouldn't share your experiences abroad with your family members. Can't? No. no. Don't? Sure. Why? Well, I'm not going to understand. Yeah, they won't understand. I mean, it's just, but that's not, that could be, yeah, I mean, that could be going to Cleveland, though. I mean, if you, if you grew up in, like, say, Texas, and somebody went to Cleveland, there's a whole lot about what happens in Cleveland that you could tell people, but they're not going to understand it until they go there. Excuse me. So having that conversation, it's like, yeah, this thing happened, but... Because just going and back, the only person who really understood was Uncle Sidney. Yeah. Stuff about Asia. Yeah, he was the only one that had any context right. for what we oh, were Oh, when you were about. back at Christmas. Yes. Yeah. He was the only one that had any context. That He was really the only one that was interested. Right. For me, like talking to talking to family is more like, look at this funny thing that happens or something like that. It's those kinds of stories. It's the 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 differences in the cultures for some is interesting, but that's I think that's the same if, if like I said, you you grew up in the Midwest and you lived in California for ten years. When you went back to the Midwest, they're not gonna under they're not gonna get what you've been doing and going through they're not going to get it they're not going to see it they're, they're they're gonna they're gonna think that you were in hollywood all the time yeah you know what i mean they're not going to understand 
the nuances of that particular plate. But that's just, I think that's just human nature. I don't think that has anything to do with any one family or any one traveler or that's just a, a normal thing about traveling. And I think you dole out that information maybe at your own risk because then you get the backlash from people who do not want to accept with what you're saying. Yeah. She was saying that um, she... she well, I, let me give you an example. I'll give you an example. One thing that made someone angry that we said, because I kept talking about how small Grand Rapids was. Yeah. And they didn't understand that because they'd never been outside of Grand Rapids. Like, they had been to other places in the country, but they had never been out, like, to a China. Where, yeah. where you go into a city and it's like, holy shit, there are, like, 100,000 people in this neighborhood. There's not 100,000 people in Grand Rapids. Right. Okay? So, right. that, those kinds of things, I think, when you start talking about it and you're, you're, you're I think what people react very negative, negatively to is your assessment of where they are because of where you've been. Right. So it's almost accusatory. Like yeah, like my sister judging. did that this week. She said um, that she lived in the third largest city in the world. And I was like, huh? I was like, uh, Houston only has two million people. Honey, I think you need to do a little research because in, the Mexico, world? in Mexico City has 8.8 million people. I'm like, Mm, no. And most likely that number about Houston is Houston and its suburbs. Right. Which are a whole other cities. Right. And Mexico City, the number is just the city itself. It's not all of the outlying areas. I think that was like an additional 10 million for all of the outliers. But yeah, come on now. I mean, Benqi is a small town in China and has 1.7, 1.8 million people. Yeah. Come on now. Small town. And the, in the neighboring town that's less than an hour away had nine million. Yeah. It, back then. Yeah, I that's I think that's where where we get in trouble because we all we've seen small places, big places, middle places. You've seen, you know, you've seen buses where people have <coughs> Push people on the bus, and this is not Japan. This is push, China. Push people to squeeze them on just so the doors will close. I mean, they. when you talk about scale and size and all that kind of stuff, you know, there are people that think Grand Rapids is a big place. You thought Grand Rapids I, was I a big place. I did because I came from a place with less than a thousand people. But I used to skip school and go to Philadelphia. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and, and you're going to talk about... Grand Raggedy? I mean, come on now. 60,000 no. for that whole so, entire I mean, area. I, just, just the idea of having having a knowledge that the people in that place do not have and had never thought about. Right. And then you come back as the expat and you have to deal with family or friends or whatever. And they, I think at the beginning they genuinely want to know about what you've seen and done, but when you start talking about it, I think then they start to feel I don't know if it's anger but they start to realize that <coughs> I haven't seen any of these things. Right. And they start to uh, want to attack you for what you know to be true and by saying it's, it can't be real it's not real, that, that's just not what people do it's like, 
yeah, you just have to get out of here. And then it's the only answer left to the expat. You just have to go. You just have to get out of here. I said that um, at Christmas and, and um, what's his name, went to Thailand. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he was coming here. Yeah. And he went to, and he chose Thailand because it's like he wanted to see. But and there they are very it. there are very few people like that that will that will hear the stories and then be like, I wanna go check that shit out. I wanna right. go see what that's right. like. You know, that 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 inquisitive spirit driving travel, um for the expat it's like a normal thing. It's like it it becomes your culture. But for the person back home Maybe they don't, they, they, they honestly, they don't want to know. They don't want, I mean, we would have been, I, I, I would say that we would have been content learning more about the United States and traveling around the United States if we had never seen Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah. Because I remember sitting there with the kids when we, they were really small watching Anthony Bourdain. And we would say, I want to do that. I want to go see that. I want to try that. I want to eat that. Let's go. And Aaron and Keegan were like... Let's do it. So we would go to the supermarket and they would find the craziest looking stuff because Anthony Bourdain had said, this is what we should do. We should try new stuff. And so our children have been trying new things and learning about new culture since they were little bitty people because of him. I mean, that, like being a tourist in your own city, that, that, that's, that's the, another part of that. Yeah. And see, a lot of people don't do that. No. You know, they don't even know, like... Like the historical, they know the history of their cities based on what they learned in school and the stories mm-hmm. of their parents, yeah. if they, families are from those places. But the, like what a, what a tourist would do when they came to your city, a lot of people don't have that knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, people start walking around and, and it's like, yeah, be a tourist, go to those places, go see what people see when they come to your city. Because if you want to know what needs to be fixed... That's You'll find it out when you go on those tours, and you're like, "Wait a minute, this is where they take people in my city. Like, this is what this they, is what they show This them? is what they show people. It's like this isn't our city. It's like, um, sorry, but yeah, that is your city. And the and and I would say that people need to if they if they're gonna stay at home, make it better. So make it better by going on those things and finding out. But the 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 other side is, <laughs> what are they doing over there? Like, maybe they're doing a thing over there that is interesting, worthwhile, something to do in our city. Well, you're never going to know that if you don't go over there. If you don't even look. Right. You know, a lot of people, I, I remember people, especially in West Michigan, and they would you would say something like, you're going to Chicago or you're going to Detroit. And they were like, oh, no, I would never go there. Why? Why? Ooh, like, why I not? There's so many. Detroit. There's so much stuff. But there's to so many and... parts. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not like. It's not like you go to a place and every single place you go is some awful, awful, terrible thing. It's like no, that's kind of not how cities work. No. But if you never really went anywhere in your city and you only went to the same places all the time, yeah. you might think that I live in the safe part. Every other place is dangerous, and I can't go there. So, yeah. Uh, but that's. I think the nuance is what expats learn. Yes. Okay. She was talking about getting negative reactions from family and friends after being gone for months or a year or whatever and coming back and trying to convince them that she hadn't changed. She was still the same person. 
Yeah, yeah but that would be stupid, though. Why would you shouldn't be the same person if you went somewhere for a year? But that's what I kept thinking the whole time, and and both the interviewer and the interviewee were were saying, yes, like I just have to say, you know, I'm still the same person I was before, and I kept thinking, there's no way you could be. Well, I mean, you shouldn't be. be. Why? Why did you go? But you can't be, even if you don't intentionally grow you have spent a year outside. outside you've lived in a different way you've missed everything that happened at back home for a year and that was what the the woman who was being interviewed was saying she was born in the states but then she her parents repatriated when she was 10 so from 10 to 17 she lived in her parents home country which meant she missed all of the things in the u.s the music the pop culture all the stuff so when she came back at 17, it was like she was relearn- like learning a whole new culture again because even though she was American, she wasn't. I mean, there are certain things that you're sort of familiar with and know, but yeah. You, if, if you get new experiences, <laughs> what's the, what's I the mean, point? Isn't the whole idea of getting new experiences to come back home and have new experiences to have changed, to have learned, to have at grown. the very least, to have learned? Right. I don't, I don't. I don't understand that that idea of I'm still me. I'm I'm not the well, same person people, I was ten I years ago. I think people want to fit back in. But why? When everything you left, and then the place where that that you were, it went through its growing and changing. You went through your growing. Why would you ever be the same? But the problem is, everybody in that place did not realize that they changed. Yeah. They all change at the same rate or yeah. space in the same place. So they're like, oh, we're all the, we're all the same. You're the one from outside yeah. coming in. You're different. And then people don't like to be treated differently. People don't like to be, you know, seen as the outsider in their hometown. Yeah. You know, see that. And see, that's a feeling that as far as like us, I've never had because I'm always the outsider. <coughs> I've always been the outsider. So it's like, whatever. It's not a, you know, to call me, I I have always been the outsider in my own family. I've always been the outsider in Grand Raggedy. Yeah. Lived there for 10 years and was still the outsider. Yep. The, you know, now if I go back to Delaware, I I couldn't even move around. Like I wouldn't even know where to go. You know, like driving and stuff. I'd have to break out a map or GPS or something. I'd have to find somebody have to tell me how to get there because... While I lived there and I lived in four different places, like four different cities, I still couldn't maneuver myself around through there because of their growth. Right. And they've changed. And that happened only after just a few years after graduating high school. I went back for like a weekend or something and and I couldn't drive. Like I didn't know where I was going. I was like, it's like, oh shit, there's a fucking highway now. It's like, where did that even come from? You know what's really funny is... um, a friend of mine who's lived in Thailand for 10 years, her mom called her from Australia and said, I need to go to this place. Where is it? And the lady was saying that her hometown is so small that she could tell her mother turn by turn how to get to this place and she hasn't lived there in 10 years. Yeah, but that's small towns. I could do that still. That's Tuskegee. Yeah, that's Jackson. That's you know, you Harma. Can, you, can, you can do that. I mean, I... I've done that, where I haven't been back there for a long time, but as soon as you drive into town, you're like, oh yeah, we need to go over here, go this, <coughs> and that, okay. But I couldn't do that in Benchy, even just the two years that I had been away and then went back, 
Oh, but she probably hasn't changed much. Oh, it's changed a lot. Not the streets. Not the streets, but the, the, the locations have changed. You know, like... How do, how do locations like change? Like, you say, okay, I'm going to go to this restaurant, and you go there, and it's not there. Oh, but that's different. The, you're the whole building, the building isn't there. You're There's nothing there. You're not, you're not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about business. I'm talking about, like, the actual infrastructure of the place. You could move... You, could, you know, like, if I go here, it's a mall, maybe. Or at least it was a mall. It was a mall if okay. the mall is still there. Well, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. you knew, I mean, you could you could maneuver. When I went back to Delaware after just, what, four years of, I literally couldn't drive from here to there. Wow. Because they had, Grown what up. what had been a, a street under 40 miles an hour was a highway. Wow. Well, if you throw a highway somewhere, you don't get, you know, it, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't even look the same. You know, all of what's around a highway thus then changes, right? So, nah, it was very different. But, okay, what else you got? Because these are weird. I don't, I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not getting this. Do you ever see yourself becoming an immigrant and not an expat? Do I see myself? If I find a place I want to stay, next. What about you, sir? I know, that's, it's, I mean, that's a weird question. Of course you do. And why should... Black Americans travel abroad, study abroad, or live abroad? To broaden their horizons. But that's not black folks. That's, that's everybody. everybody. Yes, but... <clears throat> Did you say yes, but? Yes. I yell at my kids every day about saying yes, but. Why? Because. I always One start every of... sentence with yes, but. Oh, You're not because... me I'm wrong? Not because. It's because... Um, one of the things that one of the statistics that they had talked about was the kids that study abroad, the Americans that are, that study abroad, less than six percent of those students are black. Okay. And the reasoning behind that was because nobody looks like them, and so they don't want to go and be a student in a foreign country where no one looks like them. Okay. Nobody's gonna look like you unless you go to a like Africa or some place with dark skinned people. Well, you're assuming they're dark skinned. Okay, but I don't understand. If they were lights, if they were Aaron skinned, nobody then... looks like me. That's not true. Yeah, lots of people look like you. But I'm not gonna be searching for that. That's dumb. But that's because you've lived outside of the country for eight years. Right, and I also didn't have a choice. Okay, but these are teenagers that have a choice. Okay. What can you say to them as a teenager to convince them to try to go abroad, to study abroad? Anybody, just go do the thing. Why? If you want to. Aaron. If you want to learn a specific thing, you want to know how to do this, you want to learn about a culture, you want to... You know, what if you don't want to do any of those things? Then don't do it. Then why should someone go outside of their comfort zone, outside of their culture? Why should people do that? So your argument is that they shouldn't. That's what you're saying. You're saying people should not. If they don't want to know, then they shouldn't go. And what everybody is saying today is that... People are not going, so then that's what's keeping their minds closed off to what's going on in other parts of the world. Thus, then changing how they deal with, say, politics or economics or whatever. And you have a very small percentage of people 
that are going outside of their home countries to live and work, but it's not enough to make a, a huge difference in how the world views itself, like the pieces and parts and thinking about like, I don't like China, but I understand it. Right. But I only understand it because I live there. Yep. And so when I say things like say on Facebook or whatever, I'm saying it from a person, from a standpoint of a person that lived it, talked to people from there, found out what they were thinking and feeling, and then analyzed it for myself because I was there. As opposed to other people today that want to sit back in America, know nothing about China, but then make these pronouncements about China. It's like, but you don't you don't know what these people are thinking or feeling or anything. You don't understand that the regular people have no clue what their government is doing. They're not participants and they have in no their... Con- they have no way to change what their government exactly. is doing. Exactly. Well, then they have a way, because China is very good at changing. They're on a dime. They just kill them all. Yeah, so they them. do, they absolutely have a way. Mm-hmm. It's just, do when do they employ it? At what point do they say, this? there's enough of this, we're not going to take this anymore, and then we're going to fight against it? Because, trust me, the people, I mean, even if you had the Chinese and its party and the military do not equal at all the number of just people right in china yeah. i mean there's i mean just just through attrition that they're, they're going to be overrun yeah. so and that and they've done that before yep so this is not a new process it's just a matter of when does it happen so do you think people should leave their home country do you think people should well especially like americans because americans are so closed off and and being fed their own version of propaganda that they don't understand the world around them. They don't understand where they fit into that world. They just think that they're Americans and that they they stay Americans and they stay on their side of the Atlantic Ocean and their side of the Pacific Ocean and they just don't bother those people and those people don't bother us and we're just gonna... People have been saying that for like ever. You know, it's like, no, that's not how the world works anymore. You know, we're all connected. You are connected to that, say, Irishman you're connected to that British person. You're connected to that Scottish person. You're connected to them just in going to the fucking liquor store. You see? You know, like they were talking, somebody was telling me this week, you know, Corona, they were talking about in the the, the Fast and Furious movie where Paul Walker is dead. And, and they're all drinking Coronas. And the joke here, when that came out, was Corona's not even Mexican anymore. You know, so we, like, so Americans watch that movie and they think they're drinking, you know, the, 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 one of the great beers of Mexico and it's not Mexican anymore. It's not a great beer of Mexico anymore. So, okay, damn, that's messed up. You know, but we don't, we don't know it. We're closed off from it. We're, we're, we're being fed a, a line, so to speak. So why should somebody who's a teenager leave the country when they get the chance? Do you have an answer? Really? I'm shocked. I'm not. Look at his face. Do you want to go back to the States? 
No, but why not? But that's not the but that's not that's the not the question though. The question isn't about do you want to go back yeah, somewhere. The question like, is do you want to leave go back where you are? So. But my my thing is like my right now, a lot of my friends, their kids are starting to look at universities because they're going to be seniors this year. My niece is starting to look at universities. They're going on all these university tours, and I keep saying, look abroad. Not only for the cultural aspect, but for the financial aspect. It is actually cheaper outside of the U.S. to go to school for an American student than it will ever be inside of the U.S. Even if they go to a community college, sometimes it's cheaper. They can get a quality education, spend less money, and get all the cultural education on top of it. For me as a... Why? Outside of the economics... Why? Why? If I'm American, why? Why do I care? Why do I need to do and that's, that? I think that's the thing right now is Americans are, one of the things they talked about in this interview was that they always get picked out for an American because of how they behave, how they carry themselves, how they talk, how they interact with each other. People, locals can say, oh, you're American, like that, even if they sound like the Canadian that's standing next to them because of how Americans think. We are so egotistical and xenophobic and just arrogant. And as a culture, that's who we are. That sending young people abroad to learn that the U.S. is not the best, only brightest shining star on the hill, but that there are other countries who have incredible innovations and cultures and histories that can not only help you as a person, but in your profession and then your country. Yeah, but why do Americans need to know that? I think there's your problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Is getting convincing an American that they should I'm, go why? somewhere else to learn something about somebody I, else. I, why? What, what is the benefit? And what we're saying is there are benefits. There are benefits. But... Those benefits means you don't fit in at home anymore. Yeah. And so does that mean if I if my idea is that I want to fit in with these people that I know and family that I know and I'm going to fit in with them, why would I ever go do that other thing? I mean, think about how hard it is to get Americans to go on a cruise. And they're all with Americans. Right, they're with Americans the whole time, but just to go on a cruise, to go to a place, to come back on a ship, to be back with those Americans again, and it's like, you know, go to a place where you're the only American. No shit. You know? I mean, outside of when we work at the same place, but when you don't, it's sometimes it's like you're the only one, and it's yeah. like, you can try to tell people, like in America we do things like this, or this is not a possibility, or whatever, but it's it's... It becomes irrelevant very fast because nobody cares. It's like, that's nice that it's like that over there, but we're not doing that here. Right. So, I don't know. These are kind of, where do these questions come from? Are these from the mind of Karen? No, some of them were questions that they asked. Because honestly, I... I don't have a... These are weird... Weird questions for an expat. You think? Very. I think my problem is I don't, like, because we left 
Keegan and I were pretty young. I just see, I don't have a very good way of saying, oh yeah, go do this. Like, yeah, we see the world differently than people who live in one place. But I, I don't see a need to convince you to go do this thing. I just, this is just my life. But it is to the, you know, as some other people's lives. <laughs> as as a country of people who don't know, I mean, basically America is becoming what China is. Yep. Insular. Where it's only dealing with America, only thinking about America, only thinking about problems and issues in America. And then as soon as somebody starts saying, yeah, but this is this other place and then people are just like what are you talking about like why is that even important for us well the reason that it's important for you to go out is to understand why that's important for you you know how that fits into your worldview how it fits into what's going on locally it's it'd be like not knowing like trump does this thing with tariffs and then it adversely affects americans and then americans sit around complaining about their government, not realizing that it's a two-way street. And, you know, people over there are being hurt, people over here are being hurt. You know, they're both hurting each other. And it's because of, the, you know, international diplomacy between the two countries and, and not understanding each other. And none of it needs to happen. Like, none of it has to go down the way it's going down, but it's going down. And the people that are in America, if they don't ever leave America, they're never going to understand what's actually happening to them. So, go to understand where you are. Yeah. And what's happening. I mean, the, the best teacher I ever had about America for me was an African guy. Yeah. He was the guy that taught me about America and history and stuff that I thought was true that was not true, but it was part of that propaganda. Right. So... All right, what other questions you got? Because That's I, it? Oh, God, these are weird. It's not Listen, weird. I, I think they're terrible questions for an expat. I think they're not... It's like not... Some of these how, things... How like, does that serve the people listening? Right. How does that help? You them? know, because basically the expat... Anybody who is an expat, their whole line almost always is going to be get out. Go. Go. Yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the freaking movie, Get Out. Where the guy tells him, get out. And he doesn't go. It's like, this this idea that it's not necessarily better over there, but you should see it. I can rail about China for an hour, but the end of that conversation will always be, but go. you should go. You should absolutely go. Now, and then people are like, well, why should I go if you're telling me all these weird, crazy, bad things about China? It's like, because... You haven't experienced it. You don't know. I know. You need to know. You need to go. You know, it's like people that live in Seattle not knowing anything about Mexico. Right. You know, it's like... Well, it's also like Michiganders not knowing anything about Canada. Or, no, I don't think that's the same because I think those cultures have almost flowed together to the point where you don't see a difference when you All go right, across there. Fine. Someone from Chicago no, not knowing anything about I'd Canada. It. It's still only four hours away. Yeah, but I don't I don't think that's I I, I think it's because Chicago think it's is nothing like It's like living in New York and not understanding Oklahoma. 
Yeah. It's distance. That distance where it's really out of mind. Right. Yep. You know, it's 100% out of mind. That that thing where you don't... And that's what happens every time we, we have to vote for something that's national. Um, they talk about that. The coasts don't understand the middle. Right. And the middle doesn't understand the coast. Yep. But the middle is being drug along by the coasts. Yep. Because that's where the, the, the highest number of people are concentrated and living. So, okay... That's, I mean, honestly, you should probably travel your own country and travel outside of it. I mean, if you're going to get a, a good view of what it's actually like in Mississippi, you should probably go to Mississippi instead of sitting in Vermont talking about how bad things are in Mississippi. It's like, no, you got to actually go there. You got to see it. Right. You know, you got to experience it. I've only driven through Mississippi. I've never been... I don't ever, I don't consider myself ever visiting Mississippi just driving through. I've never been to Mississippi. Going I've been through? on the Mississippi. I've been on the Mississippi as well. But I've never been in Mississippi. Like, I've, I've never. I've been over the Mississippi. Mm-mm. But I've never been in Mississippi. I've never even stopped at a gas station in Mississippi, so. I mean, you know, and I've got tons of family in Mississippi. Right. So. I don't know. I think, like I said, the message most expats are going to tell anyone, go there. Try it. Go see what it's like. And I would Experience say... Experience new things. Don't go to the Dominican Republic right now. Yeah, I don't go But I would say, even as an expat, I'm always going to tell you to go, go, go. But I'm also going to say, don't go as a tour group. Don't hang out with a bunch of, of Americans. If you want to go... But when it, do Americans go on a tour group? Lots of times. I have friends who go on tour groups through fucking the UK. Why would you need to do that? They speak the same language as you. That's the language isn't the problem. What is the problem? Culture. Place. But it's also... I, I mean, I could, I could see... Being, but you're but in wait, a bus there's a diff- But you're saying go on a tour... Go with the tour group or going on... I would say don't go with an American tour group. Go on a tour. Lots of Americans only go with American tour groups. And these travel groups. Like travel agencies and the whole thing like Chinese people do? Yep. Uh, I would never do that. So they go to Italy and they're in a tour bus with all Americans. Everybody's American. I ain't come to another country to see a whole bunch of Americans. But that's what Americans do. Oh, fuck that. That's what Chinese is, people do. Which is why I don't want to go on a cruise. No, no, going on a cruise with a bunch of Americans. Yeah, but going your purpose of a cruise <laughs> ain't got nothing to do with culture. It's to eat, drink, and be, be merry in that motherfucker. <laughs> That's what that is. It's a floating hotel that you can be as drunk as you want to be all the time, and you got food right there all the time. And you don't have to drive anywhere. I mean, you never have. I mean, that's that's. I mean, it's literally like being in a. Like but a casino almost. But, like the, but the don't large, go to the, don't go on a cruise and get off on an island for two or three hours and come back talking about oh I've been to this place and I like to so you don't know anything you stay yeah, at the tourist yeah, section if, with the if, Americans. But if that is your first stepping out, first stepping stone to going other places, I'd say do it. Because see, for a lot of people, it is. Yeah. Because you are leaving the country. Yeah. Um, you don't realize how much of the immigration process you're actually going through, um, but you're you're you are doing some of those 
kind of some of those things. And maybe that's what sparks, you know, okay, I went to, like like us, you know, I went to Jamaica for a few hours. I went didn't to really learn Jamaica, hours. but it was enough that made me say, yeah, I, I, I come back here. You know what I mean? I I want to go check that out. I want to see more or whatever. When we went to Jamaica, we also didn't stay with the group. I know, but We went into the island. But even if you went and just talked to a guy for 10 minutes, and that was enough to make you say, yeah, I want to come back and check this out. Right. That could spur that that next trip. Also, a lot of people have the problem of, oh, I'm going to go to this place, like you said, for a couple hours and then think I know everything. I get that. come back and say, oh, I I know all this stuff. People do that. People do that all the time. But what if that... Like I said, what if the going there then spurs the next trip there and then they go back, say, next year or the year after and then right, they go back and they go back and they go back yeah. and that's what a lot of people did in Thailand. They, yeah, they, yeah. It was their vacation spot. Yeah. My or point, Phuket anyway. My point is, like, don't come back and say, oh, I, I know and do this thing. Well, you know what you know. You know right. what you just, experienced. Just say, this is what I did. I don't know everything about this place. Yeah, but most people speak that way. Most people speak that way. I didn't say it's true. I just said they speak that way. Right, but then if you talk to someone, like if someone came to you and they're like, I was in China for two hours, and then they tried to tell you about Yeah, yeah, I'd look at them like... You sound like you're stupid. I know, it's like, just you you can keep on walking because, you know... Five years here. I don't care where you went in China, you're not going to really tell me anything new about China. No. You might tell me about your experiences in China, but you're not going to tell me anything not new about necessarily China. necessarily be new. Well, no, your experience is your experience. It's new to right. you. Right. right. But, but it, okay. That, I think that's it. I went to problem. China and they were standing on the toilet seats. Yeah, that's yeah. what they do there. <laughs> there were holes in use, the floor that they, they pee use. They don't use toilets the way we use toilets. Right. You know, for them, it's unclean to sit on that toilet. So you think I think about that. Yeah. You know. They unicorn poop. I just... You don't know the unicorn poop in the Skittles? No. Oh, no. It's, uh, like the frozen yogurt thing or whatever, and people eat it. You don't know about the unicorn poop? He's He's crouching down. Yeah, to show how to do the squat. And how it's healthier for you. You've never seen that? It was on YouTube. No, it was on Facebook for years. I just... The unicorn poop, man! Over the squatty potty. How else do you demonstrate that? Let's let's get into that. That's because hard. trust me, cute unicorn pooping is probably going to be a little more palatable than hairy ass Chinese man pooping. I mean, because that's not a good sight. I'm just saying, people, it's not a good sight. <laughs> you would know. I know. Go to the park. <laughs> just go to the park and take a piss. Yeah, just go to the park. Well, they sometimes poop in the bushes, so... It's not a good sight. Either way. Either way, it all doesn't the time, matter where they are. Sight. All right, so what else you got for people? That's it? That's all I had. Because, yeah. I don't know. I, I It sounds like this interview was less productive than it should have been because I guess the, if the, your argument is you should go because well, you the, don't know... Okay, fine. This woman's but, job, the one that was being interviewed, her job is to help black students go abroad to and to give them reasons why they should go and study abroad um so it was really interesting to me because 
I'm trying to convince so many American kids now you should look abroad. But the reason is not different based on ethnicity. No, 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 no. It's but the same reason what? for everybody. Go Black kids are less likely men. to go than, than white kids. Yeah, but like, motherfuckers from my mom's street are less likely to go to Lake Michigan. Yeah, and that's only 30 minutes away. I mean, come on. You're, it, I don't think, I don't know if it's blackness is what I'm saying. I don't think, I don't think it has anything to do with being black. I think it has to do with people, people being afraid of going outside of their yeah. comfort zone. Yep. And that's and, why we get the 6% that you were talking and about. And the parents, the parents, the parents not encouraging that. No, because they don't want their, like, you're not going to say, go to a place that I think is dangerous for my child. You're not going to say, oh yeah, go over there. No. Like, but you're yeah. not, you're not going to tell me, oh yeah, go play with the Cobras. Well, it's not the that. same. It's not the same. But from a parent standpoint, it kind of is. I am a parent. Think, I know, but you think, not you, but a parent that doesn't know because they haven't gone, they think, oh, that place is this because this is what I've been told, this is what I've read, this is what I've seen. So why would I ever send my, children, my child over there? Because I think it's bad. And that's why more people have to go. Right. Because then that parent might have gotten an gotten gotten different information from say a colleague at work that went to that place and then that colleague said oh yeah it's got some rough places but there's some other places that are really really nice and and basically just you 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 i get i don't know you kind of develop those weird travel skills where your head's always on a swivel you don't you don't ever you never feel comfortable so then you stay more aware yeah that you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's like all of those skills but i i would say traveling is a skill yeah, yeah. it is and it, that was something, something we were learned. talking about one of the foreign teachers and i was talking about this this week about how aaron and keegan have gained such an incredible skill at such a young age to be able to travel internationally with and without their parents. And most adults can't do that. One of the teachers was, was saying that um, the first time her grandmother ever left the country, she was 16 and the grandma was in her 70s. And she navigated the grandma through immigration and customs and the airports and getting the taxi and getting to the place where they were going because she had been traveling since she was 10. But grandma had never done it. And I laughed because it made me think of the text message I got from your grandmother when you were in the airport in New York. And she said, they won't take their backpacks off. Why won't they take their backpacks off? And that was really bothersome to her that you were sitting there with your backpack on, with your your carry-on bag ready to roll in case they change the, right, the thing. But she doesn't have those skills. Her. Yes, but that's... But see, they're in is the reason why people should go out. Right. Because now you've gone out, learned a thing, now you've come back and you've taught it to someone else that never would have thought about it. I mean, it's not like my mother has not traveled, right? It's not like she hasn't. She's traveled, but she's traveled, she's been on planes, planes and automobiles. You know what I mean? She's traveled. But but never had thought, I might need to get up and run. Or I might need to... Move quickly, or, but or that's whatever. Also, because of what we did, 
I know, but, but that's, that's, that's the point that's to the people point. going because right. then they come back and they they pass on information that that those other people never would have known about. They never would have even considered as a possibility. And all of a sudden, you just I'm not taking off my backpack. Why? Because it, I, there are they all these there the are thing. all these reasons yeah. why. But it, now it's just the way I travel. Whereas the way they travel is, you know, you put your stuff down, you relax, you, you come. And it's like, um, no. yeah, if you <laughs> do that, you may not have bags. Or you may you miss know. your plane or. A whole, there's a whole, you just don't, and see the that whole idea, list of stuff that, that whole, could that could happen. And you have experienced things that say other people have never really dealt with. So that's why you go. That's there's your reason why you would tell somebody your age why they should go because they're now sh they should be bringing back information. And that's why I don't understand. We complained about this with China, how they will leave and they'll come back and they'll drop all their cultural knowledge that they learned outside of China into the box and they come back into the country and they become Chinese again. The people all over the world must have these experiences so that when they do contact and now you don't have to go home to do it. You could yeah. just have the conversation, right? And telling people what they're doing, and it's funny because when I do that, what I what I always hear is, "Why don't you stop? Right. Why don't you stop going through it? Why don't you stop having?" The, it's like, no, that's not that's not the point to the conversation. The point of the conversation is me telling you so that you can tell other people about what I have seen, heard, learned, and then they can make a decision a better decision about their own travel and experiences and all that kind of stuff. Not that I should stop doing it right. so that then I don't go through it. It's like, no, the whole idea is to go through it. That's right. the point of just doing it. Just because a couple things are bad doesn't mean oh, I'm just going to stop altogether. Well, but a lot of people do, though. Right. They would do it at home. You have no idea how many teeny tiny little things you have learned over your time abroad that you share with others that make a difference. So, for example, this week I had kids smothered in mosquito bites. And, of course, I take out my tiger balm and just give them a little bit on, the, on their bites and off they go. By the end of the week, one of the kids wanted me to write down the name of the stuff so that they could go and buy it. Because it worked better than everything else they had. Aunt Michelle was complaining that she was covered in mosquito bites. And I said, do you have any Vicks? And she said, no, but I have mentholatum. I said, use it. So she put it on and then, bam, all of it's gone. I would have never known, had I never left the country, that mentholated something on a mosquito bite makes it stop itching and makes it go away really fast. It's simple little things like that that we share because of where we've been and what we've learned. That's why people need to go out. You done? Oh, yeah, because I got to go. Oh, yeah, because I got to go. I got to go. Where are you going? Keegan and I have a nail appointment. Uh, see, nail. We went to go get our nails done yesterday, and they didn't have time. So nail appointment. we have an appointment. All right. Girl day it. part two. Uh-uh, you have a new paper. Old paper. New paper. Fancy. Fancy. Oh, you can see it. Look, man, the paper ain't there for them to see. The paper is here for me to see. Y'all complained about you couldn't see you can't what read was on. One. You couldn't read it very well, even though it has my beautiful artwork on it. So, I got rid of the artwork. I made a 
a mostly gray thing. That's my alarm telling me I got it. Tell your it. alarm shut the hell up. Okay, I did. If you want to find the Traveling Fars, you can find us on the YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, iTunes, Spotify, and the Google Podcasts at the Traveling Fars. Instagram and Twitter, Traveling Fars. I'm always worried I don't spell traveling right. You do. It's only one L. Email travelingfars at gmail.com and the blog space thetravelingfars.blueberry.net. No ease in the blueberry with the new paper. It's like poor man lemon, 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 lemonation. Listen, that's a trick we learned in China. Not lamentation. That's a totally different that's a thing. Totally different thing. But yes, poor man's lemonation on it. and sealed up sort of in the back. And firm. Firm! Because this one is now... Listen, we did this in China with our address and our home address and our school address. And every time I would get into the taxi, I would pull out the page and say, I want to go here or I want to go here. When we left, the paper was still in good condition, and so I left it in the apartment for the next teachers. So, poor man's lamination works really well. Yeah, a lot of times when you're speaking another language, people want to act like you're not saying it right when you're actually saying it right, just because they want to laugh at you. Or they don't expect that you're saying it right, so they don't hear it. Also, Chinese people just think that you are inferior like using Chinese. chopsticks. Like you, you live in China for three years, but you don't know how to use chopsticks. What the f? All right, that's it. Yep. I'm taking my loot and I'm leaving. All right. Happy Father's Day. We're gonna talk about E3. Aaron is all about the E3. <laughs> so many things. So many things to talk about. Say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. Say goodbye to the people. Blind. Say goodbye to the people. Say goodbye.